With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hi there, Duke fans. Episode 593 of the Duke Basketball Roundup coming at you. I am Jason Evans. It is time for us to talk about Duke's win over Notre Dame. 71-53 to was the final score. Joining me to chat about it is Donald Wine. Donald, how you doing this fine morning? Jason, it's early. It was a late game last night. Then I ended up, you know, I, I told you I was going to, hey, I'm going to, you know, I've been sleeping well. I'm going to wake up early. I'm going to do all these things that I can that I can do during the day and with we'll start with this podcast and then the Pistons were on late last night they end up winning against the Kings so Jason I'm very tired this morning I have a double double dose of espresso because um that game didn't end to one that Ooh, that's, how, that's, that's how it goes sometimes but that they won late, so both teams won I'm I'm happy this morning I'm just very tired I totally understand uh look I I had to get up very early for work CNN has me very busy and uh, I my my show. I, are... I have it on as we speak, so I'm watching you work as we speak. There you go, my man. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah, I can definitely sympathize with uh, with needing the extra sleep. All right, so let's talk about that Notre Dame game. And Donald, as we always do, we will start with the headlines. You know, something interesting about this game: we didn't get as many headlines as we usually do. That's because everyone wrote to us telling us what the play of the game was, folks. I know what the play of the game was. <laughs> we let's. Forget it. We'll, we'll, we'll do the headlines, it. and then we're going to start with the play of the game because I thought that was awesome. <laughs> but anyway, do that. We could, also, but Jason, I should we should note that the headlines we had like six or seven headlines that came in after that play. 
So yeah, it was like, exactly. <laughs> we had everything covered by the time it was halftime. Uh, we were, of course, talking about uh, um, Sean Stewart, but we'll get to that in a moment. First, we'll do the headlines. Chris Emmershine gave us Duke comes out fighting as Stewart slams the door early on the Irish. I like that. Josh Levinson can't stop shaking since Sean Stewart's swat and slam. A lot of S's in there, Josh. That's a tough one. Uh, Abby Reeves, despite drought from three, Devils dominate on boards in defensive-minded win over the Irish. Abby is right on point about that. We will we will talk mm -hmm. about Duke didn't have a great day shooting, but but they definitely put some focus on the defense, and that was very important in this game. And Jared Strauss, and I actually like this, Jared. I think Jared's pretty right about this headline. He said, Duke competes but doesn't click in Cameron. Donald, I'm really, you know, as we as we begin talking about this, and 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 we will start with the good. You know, I'm not sure if this was a case of Duke playing really great defense or Notre Dame just being really bad on offense. Look, we we talked in the preview that this Notre Dame team is is a wretched, you know, like one of the bottom fifty or sixty defensive, uh, sorry, offensive teams in the country. It is easy to look good on defense against a team like Notre Dame. But Duke did certainly look better than they have recently on defense, so I guess that's an encouraging thing, right? You know, it is, and I I go back to those headlines that you had that Jared Strauss had and Abby Reeves had. I think both of those encapsulate the game the best of any of the headlines that we have because you're right, we didn't click. But Jason, I I don't necessarily care about that. I know we'll talk about it in a second. What I care about is this: in our preview, we mentioned three words that needed to happen in this game: effort, intensity and energy yes and we got all of that i that was much better uh and it was evident we'll talk about the defense but it was evident mostly in the fact that the defense in the first half really spurred our 17-0 run on offense uh to really pull put the game out of reach early and we were able to, to handle that yeah was it a question of whether notre dame shot shot poorly or we played defense i think the answer is yes both of those things happened there's a couple of you know in, in Notre Dame's case, some unlucky uh, uh, shots that kind of rolled in and went three quarters of the way down and popped back out. But we got the rebound and turned them into points in the other end. I will say the effort, you know, we talked about loose balls that we didn't get against uh, UNC. We got a bunch of those against Notre Dame. A lot of times the ball ended up on the floor. There were times that we ended up with the ball and were able to turn that into points. Second chance points, 21 to 2. Duke had 21, Notre Dame had two. Points in the paint, Duke 38 to 20. Fast break points, 16 to 5, Duke. Bench points, 23 to 9, Duke. All of those things combined with the energy and the intensity that we definitely came out with. You mentioned we didn't struggle or we struggled from, from deep. We struggled shooting the ball overall, but it didn't matter because we had the energy and the effort, and that will help you win every single time. Yeah, regarding the defense – even though, as we mentioned, Notre Dame is a bad offensive team, we held them to 53 points, and that's that's pretty good. That's that's you know tied for the least that Duke has allowed to anyone all season. Notre Dame averages Donald close to 62 points per game, so we hold them about 15 percent below their average points per game. I mean, that's not bad. That's, that's and in this that's, run, in this like in this losing streak that they have, only Virginia matched that total. Virginia allowed 53 points, get them, but every everyone else they're getting as you mentioned, closer to that 60, 62 range. Right, right, right. And and I'm glad you brought up the the energy. I I, I certainly thought that this Duke team seemed um, a little more enthusiastic, a little more energetic about their play, especially in terms of how they were playing on defense. 
Uh, and I want to shout out three guys specifically, Jalen Blakes, who hadn't played mm-hmm. in three games, and we still haven't heard what was going on there. But boy, it was good to have his energy back. Ryan Young, man, I thought he was yep. outstanding. You know, Ryan Young doesn't fill up the box score too much, but he just does all the little things. And, and I thought but he, he did in this game. game. If you think about it, he did yeah. six points, five rebounds, one assist, two blocks. Like it's yeah, he's not he's not going for double doubles like he was last year, but he's contributing in ways that, as you mentioned, help out the team, you know, win. it doesn't he's he's decided he's not a stat guy. He doesn't he doesn't want to be part of the exactly. stats game, but yeah. he's going to help the team win in, in any way he can. And then the other guy that I want to shout out from an energy standpoint was, of course, Sean Stewart. All three of those guys, Blake's young and Stewart brought great energy off the bench. Uh, we had great production, by the way, from our bench team. Caleb Foster had probably his best game in weeks, really aggressive attacking the rim for him. Um, we got 23 points off our bench. That's almost a third of our scoring uh, from the bench guys. And and all right, so let's segue to it, man. Let's, let's yep. do the Sean Stewart thing. Ten minutes played, five rebounds, four points, three steals. They had him down for one block. He, he had another one. There was, it was absolutely another ball that – you know, I don't know if you call it a block or not. He tipped a ball that a guy was shooting. It turned into like an air ball as a result. I guess you don't call that a block shot. But Oh, it was. Close. Was it the one that turned into a shot clock violation? I, I believe it might have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, but uh, look, the team, he only played 10 minutes. The team was plus nine in his 10 minutes. And okay, let's talk about it now. Play the that game. Se- oh, my God. That sequence. So a ridiculous block. Like his one block was, he went way up there really quickly and then just took off the other. Uh, by the way, we're, we are currently doing our play of the game because this is the play of the game <laughs> takes off the other direction and ends up catching the lob for the, for the slam dunk. I mean, wow. It was such a play. I, um, uh, we mentioned Abby Reeves who sent us a headline earlier. Abby also mentioned that, uh, she was in, in the house, I think, because she saw Jalen, uh, sorry, she saw Jeremy Roach, who was on the bench when the play happened. She said mm-hmm. he ran out on the floor like he had to be dragged back to the bench. He was almost like at the three-point line <laughs> out there celebrating. And uh, I wanted to shout out, I loved Wes Durham's call on that play. He said that was 94 feet of special because it was <laughs> quite literally. Uh, like when he blocks the shot, he lands out of bounds. When he does the slam dunk, he lands out of bounds. I guess it's more than it was like 97 feet of special. It was it was really great. Jason, there were so many layers to that play, right? Like you like you mentioned, he jumped so high that it almost felt like as he blocked the shot, he kind of looked at uh at Tyrus Proctor in the corner who was grabbing the ball in the air as if say, yo, now I'm about to go down here and do this thing. Like he had enough time to kind of call like it almost like with his eyes, he called the play. He he lands. He's the last guy on the ground, right? Like, so everyone else is already running the other way. He's still in the air. He lands. He outruns everyone to the floor. By the way, the ball gets to Caleb Foster at a certain point. And then he just calls for it. And Jason, I think the best part is he went up and five foot 11 inch Marcus Burton went up with him. Marcus Burton, you had a very, very good game. I don't know why you decided to jump with the guy who has the highest vertical leap in the history of Duke University and is also nine inches taller than you. You were not going to win that battle. It, it was. Just, I think that added to the flair is that he beat everyone down the court, including the smallest guys on the floor. And then the smallest guy on the floor decided he was going to jump with him. 
And Sean Stewart was like, I think West Durham said, yo, he, he got in the elevator and, and dropped him off the fifth floor and went up to the penthouse. That's what happened. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. Uh, look, uh, you know, and Sean Stewart, by the way, was part of uh, a pretty good effort by Duke in rebounding and points in the paint. Um, the Blue Devils, again, dominated points in the paint the same way we did against Carolina. Uh, I love the rebounding advantage, 43 to 35 for Duke. We only allowed two second chance points for Notre Dame. Now, again, Notre Dame, not a team that gets a ton of second chance points. It gets a lot of offensive rebounds, but, but Duke only allowed two second chance points to them. And the blue devils had 21 second chance points. That's, that's a big number. And it felt like we had more guys going to the board boards. Uh, we had seven different players with three plus rebounds. Mark Mitchell had a double, double Kyle Filipowski played only limited minutes, but had nine rebounds, including five offensive rebounds. We've talked about, we need Kyle to do better on the boards, and in this game, he definitely did. Yeah, and Jason, you know what? We also had 16 offensive boards. We had a 42% offensive rebounding rate, which is, you know, again, a, a number that we saw regularly last year, but we haven't seen that much this year. So there was a key, there was a real point of emphasis on this team. And I think the one thing, Jason, going back to, again, all this leads back to the energy, in the postgame press conference, John Shire mentioned that he thought that we were pacing a little bit too much. We were kind of taking plays off against UNC, and that led to what, what a lot of people viewed as some lethargy uh, coming from the team when it comes to uh, defense. And I think there was a time he went to the bench very early into the game, right? He brought in Sean Stewart early. He brought in uh, Jalen Blakes a little bit after that. Ryan Young came in, and some guys sat down, and we, you know, you know Jeremy Kane, who's been logging some heavy minutes lately, and I thought he played brilliantly last night. But he took he had some time where he was on the bench, and I think it was to not necessarily because of anything that these guys did wrong, but it was hey I want to keep these guys fresh I want to keep these guys rotated so that they don't have the excuse to start pacing and saying hey I've been in this game for thirty minutes I got to yeah. pace myself so keeping guys on the bench and keeping guys fresh and, and rotating them in and out means that guys were fresh when they were in the game for for shorter bursts and because of that they knew they can go all out. Because they knew that, hey, once I get tired, I don't have to take a playoff. Someone's going to come and relieve me. So I thought that contributed to the success as well, is that everybody, when they're in the game, were active. They were active, active, active. And they didn't have to worry about, hey, I got to worry about the rest of the first half being on the floor. Because they knew once they started to show signs of getting tired, it felt like, especially in the first half, it felt like John Shire was saying, keep them fresh, keep them, you know, keep them moving in and out. And that also, I think, shocked the system for Notre Dame because they, you know, every time they're like, okay, I think we're starting to, you know, you know, ride this, ride this wave here and we're starting to, t you know, uh, stem the tide. Here comes another set of guys coming in and all of a sudden they have to readjust. We kept them on their toes like that. Yeah. Nine players had nine plus minutes for Duke. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, we mentioned it's good to see Blake's back to, to getting minutes. It is clear that Sean Stewart is inching his way more and more into the rotation, you know, sort of alongside uh, Caleb Foster and Ryan Young, who are the guys who get the lion's share of the minutes off the bench. But uh, all those guys playing all those minutes led to a fairly balanced, a really balanced scoring attack for the Blue Devils. We had six different guys score seven or more points. Um, Mark Mitchell was the only guy who played more than 30 minutes in this game. And, and look, I know part of that was the, uh, the fact that Kyle Filipowski was in foul trouble. And, and and flips foul trouble probably you know changed the rotations a good bit. I, I I'm imagining Sean Stewart may have played a few extra minutes because we and and Ryan Young as well because we didn't have as much flip to go to. But I I, I did think the 
you know, the balanced scoring, the balanced uh, minutes that we saw were, were a nice sign from Duke. I'm not sure that we're going to see that against higher quality opponents. No offense to Notre Dame. They're, they're clearly one of the bottom two, three teams in the, in the ACC. Uh, but, but look, it's, it, it, it's, it's correct that Duke should ease off the pedal a little bit, give more guys time um, in a game like this. And, and speaking of the balanced scoring, I thought we did a decent job of sharing the ball. 13 assists mm-hmm. on 26 made baskets. It could have been better. You know, it wasn't great. Yeah, you, you liked it to be around 60%, but it, it ain't no shame in, in half your shots going uh, yeah. via assists. Yeah, and I, I want you already mentioned this, but I wanted to, uh, to personally shout out both Jared McCain and Caleb Foster, who I thought did really nice work getting into the lane and finishing around the rim. Uh, those guys were, uh, look, McCain has been um, aggressive, in seeking out his shot a lot lately. I thought that I really liked that Caleb Foster was seeking out his shot a, a little bit more than he has recently. And, uh, and, and Caleb Foster hit four for four free throws. Um, there were not many guys in the blue double team who seemed confident taking free throws in this game. So, so thank you, Caleb, for taking care of that. All right. What else you got in the good? Let's wrap it up here. You know, going back to the defense, because I think again, you know, when you score, when you only allow 53 points, you got it. You got to marvel the defense. You know, one thing that we haven't been doing a lot lately is forcing turnovers and forcing bad, you know, plays with the ball. And I thought we did that a lot last night. Notre Dame helped, right? They didn't shoot well, but Notre, Notre Dame helped in that regard. But we still had 10 steals. We forced 15 turnovers and we had six blocks. Those are stats that, you know, we haven't had 10 steals in quite a while. That's been, it just feels like we haven't been aggressive in going after the basketball. And again, I think, you know, forcing them into 15 turnovers. There's a lot of times where you know the game would you know take care of that on their own, throw the ball into the stands or or dribble it off their foot or something like that. But I, I was very impressed with how we were able to respond from that UNC loss, and especially considering how Jason UNC lost the other night to Clemson at home for the second time exactly, ever. Exactly. Yeah. And I know those guys saw that and said, "Hey, that cannot be us and Cameron on Wednesday night." All right, with that, we're going to take a quick break. On the other side, we're going to get into the bad. You know, I'm not, this is a weird kind of game, Donald. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. I, it's clearly a, a good game, but there can be things we're going to be talking about in the bad for sure. And this is not like a, what, you know, how are you finding something in the bad for this game? It's, it, this was a kind of a weird one. Uh, we'll have that after this quick commercial break. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, we're back from the break, Donald, and uh, let's let's get to a little bit of uh, of the bad from this game. I will begin with this. Uh, this is a poor shooting effort by the Blue Devils. When you're at home, especially, you expect to shoot better. Four of 18 from three. Just 22%. Wasn't like the team was taking bad three-pointers. Wasn't like they were jacking up, you know, contested threes. They were just missing mostly wide-open threes. 22% is, you know, I'm glad we were playing a team like Notre Dame. If we were playing a higher quality opponent, it would have been a problem. And mm-hmm. the extended to the free throw line. Ugh. 15 of 25, just 60% on our free throws. Uh, I mentioned Caleb Foster hit four of four, but it felt like most of the rest of the guys were, were really struggling at the free throw line. We've seen Kyle Filipowski has been struggling at the free throw line a lot lately. So uh, t- tell me a little bit more what you think about the shooting. I mean, look, I, I thought the shooting in all areas was, was off on, on Wednesday night, you know, for you, like you mentioned four for 18 from three, you mentioned the, the 15 for 25 from the line. We also shot 43% from the four in general. And I think part of that contributed to the fact that we still had 16 offensive rebounds. So we got a lot of bites at the apple, so to speak, but it wasn't a great shooting effort. And it, and again, we fought through it in other ways and we're going to have off shooting nights, but as a team, you want to try and make it where you're shooting 50% from, from the four, from the four. You want to try and make it where you're shooting, hopefully 40% from three. That would be great. But really, you're thinking, you know, 36, 37 as a team would be right. okay. Look, I, I talk about 50 and 35. If, you, if you're a team that hits 50% yeah. of your twos and 35% of your threes, you're, you're doing pretty well. And you want to you want to be hitting 75% of your free throws at minimal. And, and really, you want that to be closer to 80% as a team. And so those are things. The one thing I think that's most concerning was the free throws, right? Because free throws, there's no, as we talk about and we joke on this podcast, there's no defense uh, at a free throw. You you're, yep. shooting, you're shooting by yourself. And even, I mean, even the guys who normally make most of their free throws were missing last night. I know uh, Jeremy Kane, he, uh, he took that, that huge hit late in the game that turned into a flagrant one for uh Braden Shrewsbury, but he missed both the free throws and it, it, I, know, he I was didn't think stunned. <laughs> oh yeah. He got his, he got his bell rung on that play. Um, don't get me wrong. And maybe I, I don't know if it, he had to take those free throws, but maybe in that moment you, you let someone else take him if you're able to, but yeah, even Jeremy McCain, who is normally very solid, you know, shooting 8% or something from the line, he missed both free throws. So it was just an off night for the, for the blue devils from the line. And that's been indicative lately. 
I do like that we got to the free throw line a lot more, but it doesn't mean anything if you're not going to make them. So that's the one that's con- most concerning, and, and it's about concentration at the line. And I think that's going to improve as the season continues. But again, you want to be closer to 80% because you if you get it close to 80%, then that means teams aren't going to try and foul you and send you to the line to, to prolong yeah. a game, especially in a close one. Yeah. All right. So let me get to something else. Uh, so Duke had that 17 to nothing run. Uh, it was sort of punctuated, almost punctuated by the Sean Stewart block and slam. I think those were points 14 and 15 in the 17 nothing run. Mm-hmm. But I mean, just a huge, huge run that we had against Notre Dame. And it felt like we just sort of cruised from there. Yeah, I, I would have liked to have seen the team sort of put their foot on the neck of the opponent. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm hesitating about putting this one in the bad, but I, I did want to mention it. You know, again, we've talked about intensity and energy. I don't think the energy went down. I don't know if maybe the intensity went down though a little bit um, by this Blue Devil team. Uh, that that 17 and nothing run all but ended the game. But, you know, Duke never really stretched this out to 20 or anything like that. It just kind of hung between... 10 and 18 for the rest for the rest of the contest that's not not that bad but it's also you wouldn't have minded seeing something a, a, a little more aggressive a little more of putting Notre Dame in their place because they are a team that is young that struggles and is frankly not in the same caliber of team as Duke you know Jason I'm gonna use a good to describe uh this this most this you know improvement column and the good is uh, Jim Beheim was on the broadcast last night, and I thought he was fantastic um, yeah, yeah. It, throughout his coverage. He was very funny. He recalled the the uh, the suit throwing incident his first time in Cameron. Oh, my God. And then had gotta... the suit, had it on his suit, which I yeah, thought that's was so great. Terrific. Um, but at the end, and, and my, I barely caught this, but my best friend po- was pointed out to me right as the broadcast faded to black. They're like, hey, you know, Jim Bayham, last word from Cameron on this game. And he goes, Duke won, but Duke has just got to get better. And he just said that very quickly, and they just ended it right there. And I thought that was perfect because, again, in yeah. a game where when you look at the box score, you go, wow, Duke beat the pants off of Notre Dame. You can look and say, Duke needs to get better. And it's in these little detailed areas that they need to get better. Like you said, the energy didn't necessarily dissipate, but it didn't increase when – uh, when we had them, you know, down 17, you want a team that's down, that's up 17 to want to be up 25. You want a team that's up 25 that want to be up 30, right? You yeah. want, you want to always finish going a little bit higher. And it just felt like, as you mentioned, and, and again, part of it was due to our shooting woes. And part of it was due to the fact that, you know, we just couldn't, <laughs> there are some points where we just, just went cold, but our defense kept it kind of between 17 and 15 points. Uh, throughout most of the second half. And it was, I think that's something where if we hit a couple more shots, then yeah, maybe that's closer to 30. But it's one of those things where you have to fight through that and say, okay, again, if we need to increase the energy on defense to make it where these guys, you know, try to hold them under 50 points, right? Make that the goal instead of trying to be above 70 on your end. You know, hey, let's keep them under, under 50. So when they look back, they go, wow, they went to Cameron and only scored 47 points or 48 points. That that looks a lot better than you winning by you know nearly twenty when you're up twenty the whole game. Uh, so as we continue with with the bad, Kyle Filipowski got in some really bad foul trouble in this game. He only played seven minutes in the first half. Only plays twenty one total minutes in the game. Struggled from the field, just two of nine. 
Uh, Donald, you talked about you didn't want to see him taking a lot of three-pointers. You only took one three-pointer in this game, but still just two of nine from the field um, mm-hmm. against a Notre Dame team that, ha- look, they've got some size on the inside to match up with him, but they're not super skilled. These guys are not really experienced. You would think Flip would have finished better than he did, but I got a weird one for you. In in his 21 minutes, Duke was plus 19. Yeah, I saw so, that. So, uh, you know, you can make a pretty good argument that even though Kyle was struggling a lot, if he plays as usual 28, 30 minutes, you know, is Duke six, eight points better than they were? And as a result, are we looking at, you know, a, a win in the mid-20s as opposed to a win in the teens? And maybe we're not talking as much about, oh, we didn't keep our foot on their neck and stuff like that. I don't know. It's it's tough to say, but but man, the foul trouble by Kyle is something that just cannot happen against a good opponent. I, I mean, I'll even go a step further. It feels like, you know, in golf, they say you can get the yips or the shanks, right? Yeah. I yeah. think I think Flip has the shanks, especially on offense, right? And he knows it. Shire knows it. They both mentioned like the struggles in the press conference last night. John Shire mentioned you you mentioned the fact that he was a plus 19. John Shire said, Hey, we won the game by 19 points when he was in there, but he's only in there for half the game. That's something we have to figure out. It, that's you know, I think everyone could agree with that. But also when it comes to to Flip, Flip would appeared, he was one of the guys that came out before reporters, and we haven't seen him in front of reporters in quite a while. Right. And I think it was, first of all, I want to commend him because in a game that he struggled offensively, it takes a lot to go out there and and sit in front and answer some of these questions. And he did. And not everyone does that. So I appreciate that he did that. We were able to get these quotes, but he, he mentioned the fact that he, he knew that he was, you know, mentally in the game, but he always, he says he has this face that shows otherwise the face that shows panic or face that reacts to things. And so he said he was trying to make a point to not overreact or say anything stupid or show something that shows that he's frustrated. But then people kind of go, well, he just looks like a robot out there because he doesn't have a face. He doesn't, he's expressionless. He's emotionless. And I appreciate the fact that he came out and said, Hey, I'm, I'm making an effort to try and have my play do the talking here. And even on a day where I'm struggling offensively, I'm trying to do things to help the team win. The, the On the offensive side, I hope he, he's able to overcome the yips, so to speak, and get back on track because we really do need him on offense. And yeah, that plus 19 would be a lot higher if he's scoring 20 points, especially in a game like this. But I think the one thing is the team needs to figure out a way to get him involved on offense in his strengths. There's a lot of times where he does the spin move to the left side yeah. Every time last night he took a spin move to the left side, the ball did not get to the rim because it got it got stuffed. So, but at the same time, it's it's a way for him to try and spin around the contact that he's getting in the post. So we have to figure out a way to get him into open positions or into positions where he can just back some guy down and with his right hand kind of calmly lay it in off the glass or be in a position to catch his own rebound and go in for for something even you know even more destructive, right? Like a dunk. I I don't know what they're working on in practice to get him open those things. But it's clear that that's, that needs to change for him because that's the most frustrating thing about his game is that he gets the ball. Like you mentioned inside the paint nine times and only makes two of them. And it's not, it it, it doesn't feel like uh, it doesn't feel like that's changing because it feels like he's just in this situation where every golf shot is shanking. Every golf shot is going to the right. 
And when he tries to overcompensate, it goes all the way to the left. Everyone, everyone who's been on a golf course knows that feeling. That is what Kyle Filipowski feels like is happening on the basketball court. And hopefully he's able to overcome that. So I'll tell you the other guy who I think is in a bit of a funk, and it's Tyrese Proctor. He only had two assists in this game. Uh, he took more shots in this one than than he has in, in a couple of the recent games. He, he had five three-pointers. Only, only one of them went down. But he's in a funk. There's like no question about it, in my opinion. Tyrese Proctor, get ready for this. Only 18 assists in Duke's past seven games? I mean, this is a guy I, I fully expected. I, Donald, I forget. Did we do Tyrus Proctor's assist total in the stats game? I think we probably. I believe did. so. Yeah, or not, yeah. not his not his specific one, but we thought. I think we all thought he was going to lead the team in assists. I mean, I would. I think if you'd asked us, you know, how many assists per game will Tyrese Proctor have on this season? I think all of us would have been right around five or so, somewhere in that kind of ballpark. And, you know, like I said, over his past seven games, he's not even at three. He's, you know, two and a half or so. And and frankly, that's what that's what we're seeing most. Like in this game again, two assists in this game. That's not been an unusual number for Tyrese Proctor. He's not really creating for his teammates the way we expected him to. He's frankly not shooting as well as we would have expected him to. He's not he's not creating shots for himself the way we'd have expected him to. Uh, it, I, I'm not sure what's going on with Tyrese, but but he has been in a, a bit of a funk lately, and we got to get him out of it somehow. Yeah, and I think last night in particular, it was accentuated by the fact that we saw, you know, Caleb Foster doing the right things on offense. We saw Jerry McCain, even though he didn't play as many minutes as he normally does, he was doing the right things on offense. I kept I, I kept telling people, hey, keep zero in the game because zero is checked in. He's, he's dialed in and whatever he's doing feels like it's right and, and it's leading to, uh, you know, a good decision on offense. And I think Tyrese Proctor kind of gets lost in that sometimes. And I, I again... He doesn't have quite the the shanks that the Kalfopowski may have, but it's something where yeah, you want him to be more involved in distributing the ball on offense and in driving, dribble driving, finding his teammates, which he's so great at doing. And what makes him so dynamic is that all the way up until he lays the ball in off the glass, you have to play defense on him because he could find someone else open at any time. That's something that he it doesn't seem like he's gotten away from it. But it seems like it's eluded him the last few games. And I think that's something that we need to continue to find, especially as we move into this weekend where we have, you know, a double dip, right? Saturday and Monday. You want to see if he can be more demonstrative in, in the offense. And and now we're back to the what we started the season with, right? We, we're starting with the same five that we started with at, you know, week one. And now he has to understand that to be on the floor, he needs to be a part of the flow of that offense. So I'm looking forward to that. And hopefully he's able to continue that. I think on the guards, if we stay at the guards, yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, you know, Jeremy McCain, he was out for a few minutes in the first half, like a, a, a long period. It was like six or seven minutes when I thought he should have been in the game and continuing to, uh, you know, make things happen on offense. I don't know if it was because it was an effort to try and get, you know, Jalen Blakes and other guys into the game. If that's so, I'm cool with that. Uh, but I thought the guy that I thought was cooking the most from the guards perspective early was the guy that was on the bench the longest, which I thought was interesting. I think the other thing, Jason, in the second half, Jeremy Roach went down. He tried to you know go up for a layup, and he went down, and I think he aggravated that ankle again. Yeah, you because he was hobbling the rest of the yeah. game. Yeah. Um, and and it, I I also found it interesting that while he was hobbling the last six, seven, eight minutes of the game, 
he didn't come out until about 27 seconds left in the game. I mean, I don't know if it was him trying to fight through it. It wasn't that bad, but we were up, you know, again, 18, 19 points at that point. I would have rathered him sit just to make sure that ankle's okay because we don't need him in the last eight minutes against Notre Dame when we're up 19. We need him the rest of the season. Um, so I, if especially when he didn't have a great shooting night, it, it would have been fine with me to say like, hey, let's get this ankle right. You know, so if, if, if things got a little bit hectic, then maybe throw him back in there, but at least give him some rest in that point. All right, well, we didn't have a lot of time to it, man, but uh, that's our wrap-up of the uh, the game against Notre Dame. And we're going to have a preview, by the way. We got to do has a new opponent, Boston College, coming up this weekend. We'll have a preview of that uh, coming up. Check your feed, like probably in the next several hours. Certainly, yeah, depending on when you listen to this, certainly by tomorrow, <laughs> you'll you will hear our uh, preview of coming up against Boston College. And and I will be in Durham for that game. I'm still figuring out exactly where I will be, but uh, uh, I'll 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 be watching the contest from from Cameron. And that'll be a lot of fun. And then I'm also going to be there on Monday the game against Wake Forest, which is looking more and more like, you know, like a really significant game for Duke. Wake is Wake is playing really good basketball lately and sort of rocketing up the uh, the the advanced metrics and the, and the ACC standings. That's a significant contest coming up for Duke. All right. Again, that wraps it up for us here on the latest edition of the Duke Basketball Roundup. For Donald Wine, I'm Jason Evans, and here's the Duke Band to play us out and take us home.